Hello and welcome to Kiwi Rider Podcast, New Zealand's premier motorcycling podcast made by Kiwi Riders for Kiwi Riders. My name's Ray Heron. Joining me this episode, we've got Matthew Day Gillett. Yo, yo. And Ben Wilkins. Hello, hello. How are we all doing, team? Yeah, good, good. Yeah, a wee bit busy and um, yeah, not not too bad. Um, weather could have been better. Classic Kiwis, eh? First thing we talk about is the weather. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> dumb. Um, I've been uh, tinkering with the old GS, the back brake light. It stopped working just in time for the warrant, so I've got a, I've ordered a new brake light switch. That's on the way, so that's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> hey, people love those old GSs. I'm sure if you like went into minute detail of like what broke on the switch, people would be fascinated. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you would. <laughs> hey, last week, guys, I got my first two days commuting. Back on the bike, back into 20Ks each way, commuting, and in that brand new Hevic gear, which um, i got to say is absolutely brilliant. It fits really, really well. Nice. So how did it go in the rain, though? It did pretty well in the rain. I mean, brand new gear is always pretty waterproof. If it says it's waterproof, it's going to be it's gonna be waterproof when it's brand new, right? Hopefully. You, you would hope. I also got this Risha waterproof rain stretch trousers and jacket, uh, which I wore on the Friday when there was a little bit more rain than I expected. And that's probably the warmest I've been commuting in winter on a motorcycle ever. Like, it, it not only took all the wa- all the dampness and the water out but uh stopped a lot of the wind as well so i was i was toasty 7 30 in the morning commuting into wellington i was i was golden i could i could have put some toast down my jacket and got to work and had some breakfast it's amazing what that wind does to cooling you down eh? like you can have the best gear in the world and without that uh, outer layer um yeah you're still vulnerable <laughs> mm. it was like that um ride we did the other weekend ray um where i went over the desert road and it was so cold. Uh, it wasn't until halfway across that I thought, I need to put my waterproof oversuit on to keep the wind off. But by that point, I could barely move my fingers, so I just had to keep going. And then it takes you about four hours the other side when you stop riding to actually warm up properly. And it's like you get you get chilled. It's almost like you get chilled to the bone. Like that cold just sits in deep and it takes forever to warm up. Or you get the tingly fingers. <laughs> just before we dive into the episode, we've got news on uh, a special edition Tenere 700. We've got uh, first looks at the Senna S, uh, 50S and 50R. Uh, some big news from Metzler, um, where Manfield got its name, and uh, people are moaning about the Arua Downs trail ride. All that coming up very shortly, but before we dive into the news, I wanted to share a wee story with you. Friday night, commuting home, stopped through, uh, went through Patoni and stopped in to get some burgers. And outside the burger shop was, uh, it was a deliver easy, you know, the food delivery uh, people. Uh, there was uh, a big, there's a motorcycle with a big box with deliver easy on the back. And that motorbike uh, was a BMW R1150RT, which by far is the biggest motorcycle, engine wise and physically, that I've ever, ever seen delivering, you were being used as a delivery wagon. And the old, old dude that was uh, riding it, I said, how does, how does the old RT go around town and delivering? She goes, she's a bit lumpy. (laughs) (laughs) It's not the kind of uh, bike you'd expect to be in town, let alone delivering pizzas or burgers in this case. Well, here's me thinking the uh, MT-07 was a big bike to be delivering pizzas and fast food on. I mean, a lot of these things are the little 50, 49cc Honda scooters and stuff like that. Very seldom do you see a full-size motorcycle with a delivery easy box on the back. Yeah, but um, yeah, I was going to say this when you first told me and sort of I saw a picture that you put on Facebook and I was like, oh, actually, that kind of makes a bit of sense because a, a uh, R1150 RT can be had. I'm just looking at Trade Me now. 
for as low as three and a half thousand dollars. And being a BMW boxer, it'll go to the moon and back, so you don't have to worry about um, it not working at any point. They're actually pretty nice having a gander at this first one that's really really cheap it's only done 75,000k it's barely broken in Ben is there anything I have to worry about if I want to buy something like that I mean is there any, any inherent problems with those bikes uh, I, I don't really know um, I ask you because you're old enough to have probably tested them and they'll brand new I, I did actually <laughs> <laughs> I actually did um, I think 2003 no 2002 2003 they were still doing that model of RT so I rode those when they were new and they got a very distinct got to say, it, style. It definitely looked like a comfortable bike to be um, cruising around town on. I rode one to the south of France from the UK and uh, I had a great time. It's it's one of those bikes when at the time I was a sports bike obsessed punk and all I, I was interested in was sports bikes. So when my editor told me I had to ride to the south of France on it, I was like, oh, but look at it. But actually, you look at them now and they're like, they were, they were ahead of their time. <laughs> it was sort of, it's... Strangely enough, they also they've got probably some of the worst depreciation in those BMW boxer bikes, apart from that horrendous-looking R1200C. Um, like you can pick them up for peanuts, where like a GS, like you get a GS tax, and you have to pay like an extra couple of grand just to have the badge. And oh, the easy. older the GS, the bigger the tax. <laughs> yeah. I might get shot for saying this, but I do think a lot of BMWs age quite quickly. Even the GSs, I think a lot of them do look old before they're actually old. But that's just my personal opinion. <coughs> Crickets and uh, <laughs> great. Let's uh, let's do some news. Rightio. So uh, this week, uh, Yamaha Europe announced a Tenere Seven Hundred Rally Special Edition of the very nice uh, Yamaha Tenere 700 Ray is that still the bike you're looking to get yeah no I'm, I'm seeing more Tenere's uh, Tenere T7's uh, doing a lot more action I'm seeing a lot of people doing um, doing custom bits and pieces for these bikes I'm seeing people actually getting them muddy and getting them dirty and I'm 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 getting more and more G'd up for a T7 as uh, the weeks and months tick on that's for sure yeah well this one um, is quite the looker it's got a very uh, nice sky blue livery with gold rims um, the classic Yamaha speed block graphics on them. Um, it's a very, very nice looking bike. And unfortunately, um, I haven't heard this officially from Yamaha Motor New Zealand. They were going to get back to me and didn't in, over the week. Um, it is most likely not coming here because it's not coming to Australia. Um, Which is a crying shame. Check out that video. We'll chuck it up on the Facebook page. That video where it compares kind of the old one with the new one and the storm is coming. That video made me want that bike even more <laughs> I, know, I just want the gold rims like the white and red bike of the base Tenero 700 is just screaming out it needs those gold rims um, but um, anyway so this uh, rally edition of the Tenero 700 physically they've done um, very little so they haven't updated the suspension or engine or anything like that it is all bolt-ons and that very exclusive paint um, so your engine, you don't have any more, like they haven't added traction control or any of that faff because let's face it, the Tenere 700 is brilliant with just ABS and most of the time you'll have it switched off anyway. Um, so it comes with the rally seat, which adds a few, a fair few millimeters. Um, it was a bit tall for me. I couldn't handle the rally seat. That comes standard on the rally edition. It also comes with the Acropovic exhaust silencer, which 
personally, I don't rate all that highly. It adds authority burble into the mix, but the standard bike sounds very, very good to begin with. That um, CP2 engine, though, when you put that exhaust on, sounds fantastic. What are you moaning about? Yeah, well, it's because it's strangled by Euro 4, Euro 5 emissions and everything, it's not actually as loud as the um, acros you can get for the MT-07s. Um, it's barely noticeably different. Um, that was my impression on the launch last year anyway. Um, and it's a $1,500 accessory if you want to put it on your standard um, Tenere 700. So it's a lot of money for not a lot of gain, though it looks absolutely killer, I will admit that. Um, it also comes standard with the um, big burly 4 mil thick alloy bash plate, which um, is from the Yamaha parts catalogue. The standard T7 comes with a small bash plate, but it leaves, say, the water pump rather um, open to the elements, shall we say. This one basically is a big metal cage around the bottom of the engine case. Um, and yeah, you're going to have to do uh, some pretty hard yards to make that um, not do the job. It also comes with the alloy chain guard, uh, L- uh, LED lights, um, special Yamaha accessory grip pads, and the off-road hand grips. Um, it's an absolutely stunning bike. Um, ben and I were talking about this the other day, and um, we were looking at the price, and we worked out it was about $2,300 more than the base bike. Um, but when you consider the fact that it's got that very limited paint, the gold wheels, the bash plate, which is about three fifty four hundred dollars um and the acro itself is fifteen hundred dollars to buy it's pretty good value for money but as i said we're not likely to get it in new zealand because australia have already come out and said they're not getting it um i've had some contacts in australia say no new zealand won't get it as europe only um but we can dream can't we like it is an absolutely stunning bike. I thought somebody had died Thursday or Friday morning when my phone started buzzing at 10 past 7 and, and I was getting messages from both of you guys. I didn't even know what was going on. I didn't read them till 7.30, 8 o'clock, but man, that must have been big news. Didn't I uh, read, Matt, that it's um, hand-produced in uh, France by, by Yamaha France? Uh, you could have read that. I didn't um, yeah. come across that in my reading, but then um, mm. I just couldn't take my eyes off the bike. It is just gorgeous. I wish they'd bring that um, paint in those rims. I'm just I'm obsessed with gold rims because the wife won't let me have them on a car. <laughs> I, I think that's the reason why um, it's that colour, because um, Yamaha France did all the Dakar racing back in the 80s and 90s, and it's harking back to their, um, uh, like, Sonoto and... Um, Yamaha France racing days, um, which is why they've, they, they've come up with this whole idea. Yeah, I believe it's harking back to the 1983 Dakar in um, particular. Mm. Um, I can't remember the name of the guy who um, rode it, but yeah, just we'll chuck some pics up along with the video on the Facebook page. And um, yeah, I've seen you some photos of it and a wee yarn as well, being for the next edition of Kiwi Rider. So I'm sure you can find some space to put some very pretty photos of a bike we're not allowed to have. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so if somebody buys one and brings it here from Europe, let us know. Yeah, definitely. We'd, we'll come. We promise not to dribble all over it. I make no such promises. Ray does not promise such a thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, might even dry hump it. <laughs> 
In other news, uh, it was six weeks ago that Senna International released their new models. There was a much-anticipated uh, new additions to the Senna range. Top of the Monty, the Senna 50 Series, the 50R and the 50S. They've been out six weeks, and we have a 50R and a 50S to test and report back on. So let's wrap up the news and give you our first thoughts on the 50 Series Senna Communicators. And so we've got videos up on the Kiwi Rider YouTube channel of the unboxing of the 50R and the 50S. Sorry, Matt, I got into that 50S before you got it. It's all right. It still smells new. It has that nice new product smell. So I, I've got the 50R, you've got the 50S, and you're actually coming into it from having a, a Senna before. You had the 30K before this. Yeah, so technically... Like technically it's the 30k i did get given this unit last year at the harley davidson livewire launch and it's harley davidson's rebrand of the center 30k so there's a couple of small software differences but for all intents and purposes it is a center 30k um and reason i got the 50s and not the 50r was uh, because visually the 50s resembles the 30k quite a lot and already being vaguely familiar with how it works with its little twirly wheel and a couple of push buttons here and there um, I'm really looking forward to seeing what the difference is. Yeah so that's the big difference between the 50S and the 50R right? The 50S has the jog dial wheel which is quite quite traditional to the old Senna models and the 50R it has three predominant buttons on the face of it and one mesh button on the back of it and that's it. Uh, so three buttons and then they both connect to the same app. In the app I think there's a, an option to choose 50R or 50S but it's the same thing and they're very differently equipped uh, if you do watch those videos you'll notice that the 50R it doesn't come with quite as many options as far as mounting uh, to your helmet it doesn't have as many inputs and, and other pieces bits and pieces like that it also it doesn't it doesn't mount to a plate which mounts to your helmet it is on the plate it is part of the plate so the kind of the cables that come out of the 50R are hardwired into your helmet you can't take the the hardware off your helmet without removing to the without removing the speakers and the microphone and all that kind of jazz as well which is quite different to the 50s matt yeah so the 50s is the same style of center as the 30k that means it's got a a base unit that can either stick to with 3m tape to the side of your helmet or more commonly it will clamp onto the outer shell using um, a clamp system with a couple of small allen key bolts to tighten it up um, and yes yeah, so it's got your twisty turny jog wheel uh, the little antenna for the uh, mesh uh, range um, and basically uh, you whack a little button on the back of um, the mounting plate and the unit pops off so you can pull the unit off and plug it into stuff which um, I have literally just had the chance to finally pull the center out and start to set it up for my helmet. Um, and it is very, very similar. And in fact, um, the 50S, um, when I first pulled it out, I was like, oh, this seems very similar to the 30K. Um, wonder if it fits on the same mounting plate. And it does click in there. Um, I haven't been keen enough to turn it on just in case the pins are a bit different. Because uh, the last thing I want to do is fry a $550 communicator on first try um so the, i guess the big difference between the two units is uh 
it's quite it's quite hard to waterproof a uh, a rotary knob where buttons are really easy to waterproof so um a lot of people across the uh, across the internet are saying that the 50r is a step forward from the 50s uh and that it's more waterproof than the 50s uh i do notice that there is still no uh, official waterproof rating for the center kit but that said it is uh it comes with all the features of a top level bluetooth and mesh communicator with a little bit of the uh, the price knocked off from some of the competition units which is uh, a notable uh, a notable thing yeah i think we worked it out the other day it was about 50 dollars cheaper from the outset to go for the center units also uh looking at so it's got um it comes with a charging cable which is quite cool it's quite uh future proofed in that it's a usb a on one end which is your standard usb on a computer and it's a usb c on the other other end to go into the actual center unit that's both the r and the s so that's a little bit of future proofing there it also comes with one standard data cable which is a charging cable. You can plug it into a wall socket or your computer. And uh, one cable which doesn't do data, but it has a uh, a Wi-Fi a Wi-Fi module uh, embedded in the cable. So in theory, you could plug this into your helmet in the garage while it's connected to your Wi-Fi, and it does all the um, firmware updates for you. Yeah, in theory, if you can get it to connect to the app because that's what I've been trying to do for the last 40 minutes and I still haven't managed to work out how to make it work uh, but I'm sure I'll get there ah, I've got a video coming out on that Matt uh, essentially you you need to um, you power up the Wi-Fi dongle you connect your phone you can't do it on your computer it's got to be your phone to the dongle via Wi-Fi uh, and then you go into the app and you configure the dongle to connect to your house Wi-Fi. Does that make sense? Ah, okay, so that's where I was going wrong because I didn't have the phone connected to the dongle. Jump on YouTube, uh, search out uh, Kiwi Rider Mag. The logo will be there. Go through the channel. The latest videos are all about the Center 50 units and there is a video coming out this week on the Wi-Fi dongle that comes with the 50 un- the 50 series units but um as far as using them goes uh the volume there's a load of volume in those headphones i can't complain you phoned me when you were commuting to work with it earlier in the week yeah and what what, what did it sound like i mean could you tell i was riding before i told you it just sounded like you were, you were standing outside so and, and then when you told me you were doing 80 or 90 k's an hour i was pretty impressed so it's it connects to my phone it connects they uh so i got an uh, iphone xr uh connects to that perfectly uh, they connect to yeah, any standard phone any smartphone download the app and it's all controllable through there you can also use spotify or your podcasts whatever you want to listen to uh it's also got voice commands, so you can you can say hey center volume up hey center volume down stuff like that which seems to work pretty well so um so far so good uh first impressions i'm really uh really impressed with the kit and um i'm looking forward to uh getting a bit more commuting and a few more rides in with the 50r matt you haven't actually fired up the 50 years yet you haven't had a ride with it no um well and there's good reason for it because my bike is still in the coromandel but i am currently as we speak as you're having that yarn there i am still trying to get the device to uh do what i want it to do but um i'm very much looking forward to seeing what the difference is in terms of volume um uh, because i find with the 30k um particularly if i have it mounted to my adventure helmet my uh, adx1 scorpion flip face helmet um max volume if i'm listening to a podcast sometimes isn't enough and i do have a screen on my bike and everything but it just 
yeah, I'm just looking forward to that extra little bit of volume. In terms of functionality, it's going to be pretty much the same, though, as you said, the 50S has voice control, voice commands. So I'm hoping they will work for me because it's always nice when you're sort of, you're riding home, you've been out all day, you're on the bike, um, you've left the missus at home alone with the kids and you just want to ring up and check everything's fine as you uh, sort of take the road to your right instead of going on the normal straight and narrow. So um, yeah, I'm looking forward to being able to just say, hey, send a call, wifey, and uh, hopefully it will do that. And um I managed to get a bit more writing in because of it. One thing I, I noticed, which is really handy, is Siri seems to always be listening. I use the Hey Siri commands on my iPhone quite a bit, and I've um, I've sent quite a few text messages to the wife uh, in a similar way, just saying, uh, I think the last one I sent was, uh, I, I said, Hey Siri, send a text message to the wife uh i'll be home in 25 minutes do you need me to bring anything and then when she replied it flashed up on my phone on the handlebars and she said nah see you soon great no worries so it makes um those those easy communications a lot easier uh so that works quite nicely but we'll do a full episode on the 50 series centers uh in a week or two or three uh and we'll let you know exactly how everything works in other news, Metzler have big news. They have replaced one of their most popular tyres. Uh, ben, yeah, um, tell us all about it. Well, Metzler's sporty road tyre, which you can sort of do a track day on if you want to, uh, their M7RR has uh, been a, a stupidly popular tyre um, with sort of riders of sports nakeds, two-onos, um, uh, speed triples, that kind of thing. And back in February or March, they launched it worldwide. And we're now starting to get, um, we've got full dealer stock here in, in New Zealand now, apparently, according to Forbes and Davies, the importer. So um, we've got hold of a set from them. And we're going to be fitting them to one of our bikes and trying them out. Uh, perfect for this time of year, because the, the advertising video uh, that Metzler have done shows a, a BMW S1000RR on the Isle of Man in the rain racing around, um, which for a bike that's got sporty pretensions, not just winter pretensions, seems like a like a really good uh, update to the uh, the outgoing tyre, yeah. Outstanding. So the new model is, sorry... Uh, the new model is the M9RR, taking over from the M7RR, which is in their Sportec range. It's their sporty road tyres. Brilliant. Well, we look forward to uh, reading your story and, and hearing all the, the details on those tyres. Hey, I saw um, a post from Manfield. You know Manfield, the racetrack down in Fielding? I saw a post from them on social media last week, uh, which was quite interesting about how they got the name Manfield. And I, I thought I would share it with you guys because I thought it was uh, exactly that, quite interesting. And it's not Mansfield, as a lot of people seem to uh, to call it, or uh, autocorrect sometimes changes Manfield to Mansfield. So the field in Manfield is actually spelt wrong, right? It's spelt F-E-I-L-D, not F-I-E-L-D. Yeah. And that's following Fielding, which is where it is, the little town slightly north of uh, of Palmerston North. They're in Manawatu, right? Uh, Manawatu is the region. So what they did when they wanted a name for the racetrack was go, well, it's in Fielding, we're in Manawatu, Manfield. And they kind of put the two together. And it's interesting to me uh, because uh, I work in broadcasting and we're not allowed to say uh, multi place names incorrectly, that people call it Manfield. Now they've explained where the name comes from, Manawatu and Fielding, it's not Manfield, 
It's Munfield. <laughs> I think um, I'm, I'm liking the, the other way of putting the names together, though. Field Watu. Field Watu. <laughs> <laughs> or, or Ding Watu. <laughs> so there you go. Um, but yeah, Manfield, good, good, good racetrack there. Uh, what do they call it? The Circuit Crusamon. <laughs> Yeah, cool, cool conversation. Good work, guys. <laughs> uh, another story: um, a, a, a trail ride is. Uh, it's just north of me. It's um, up near. Uh, it's actually in South Manawatu. Uh, Arua Downs Trail Ride or Arua Downs. Um, it's a really good trail ride. It's basically uh, they fundraise for the local school in Arua Downs, and it's uh, about five or six different farms get together. They open the gates and they move the cows out of the paddocks, and you can just go for it. Some really um, some tight, twisty kind of uh, uh, pine forest, and then you get these big, wide open paddocks where you can just open it up and get it into top gear and go for it. Um, so a really good trail ride, and it's um, if you want to find it on Google Maps, it's happening in Arua Downs, O-R-O-U-A Downs. But um, it's usually held in the first half of the year. They're holding it in the second half of the year uh, this year because, of course, we've been in lockdown for so long and um, we haven't been able to run events. So it's happening on Sunday the 26th of July this year. Uh, Sign-on is from 8am. And the price has actually gone up this year. Now, previous years, it's been about $35 a head or thereabouts, and it includes lunch. It's one of those old-school trail rides where you go there, you set up, you go for a lap, you come back. They put on lunch, you chow down some food, and it's really good food as well. And then you go out for another afternoon lap or two. What are we talking about food here? Is it a sausage sizzle? Is oh, it no, it's actually way better than a sausage sizzle. So they usually put on these burger patties. Uh, so you get a burger and you get, uh, there are sausages and bread as well. Is there fried onion? There's fried onion. But then there's also a whole lot of the parents get together and they do baking. So they donate the baking and you get that as part of your lunch. So you get, you know, uh, Louise Slice and you get, um, you know, all sorts of those good Kiwi baking goods. So it's a, it's a really good feed. You just keep eating until you want to go back on the trails. But the price has gone up. This is the, this is the point of the story right uh the price has gone up to 45 dollars a head and people are still moaning 45 dollars a head to go for a trail ride i've been to trail rides up around topo i've cost 45 to 60 dollars a head and it doesn't include lunch now this is a trail ride a really good one you get to do it once a year and it's raising money for the local school 45 dollars a head including lunch Stop moaning. Stop being cheap asses. That's pretty good. They've gone to the effort of, it would have been held during lockdown. Obviously that couldn't happen. We're now out of lockdown. They've rearranged the dates. Everyone's come together and they're having a moan because someone's putting on a trail ride and the price has gone up a little bit. Yeah. Like it's, it's under 50 bucks. It's a whole day out of entertainment. Yeah, exactly. Uh, And it's, it's really family friendly too. Like really family friendly. Uh, They have the the local farmers go around with quads to rescue any bikes that may die. Uh, I've seen, actually I did it last year. We went along with uh, a mate of mine and his nine year old son. We did a video on it. I'll share that to our Facebook page. It was the young 
Fella's first trail ride on the grown-up loops, he usually goes on the kids' loops. Now, this track, uh, this trail ride also does uh, a kids' track, $20 per rider. That includes lunch. And if you're not into riding but you want to go for the atmosphere, which is what my wife used to do, uh, lunch only is 10 bucks as well. So uh, get on Facebook and search uh, Arua Downs Farmer's Trail Ride. It is a brilliant event. Get in there and support it. I tell you what, if I still had a bike, I were a dirt bike that is, I'd be so in there. In fact, if I had a T7, I would ride up there, do the lap, and then ride home. <laughs> I think you've made the case for your next bike. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, uh, other things on the list of things we needed to talk about today, and this actually blew my mind. I thought turbos on motorcycles was a thing of the past. Yamaha, did you know, plan to turbocharge its next generation of bikes. This is hearsay. This is not from Yamaha. We don't have sources at Yamaha, but this is uh, what what a lot of people are saying. And I wanted to ask you guys if you thought it would happen. In the likes of the old X, uh, XJ650, which I believe was turbocharged, and nowadays is extremely rare. I think it's a thing that's going to happen eventually, if anything, because of the stricter and stricter emissions laws. And basically the way everyone's been going about it so far is, and you would have noticed, the displacements of bikes are getting bigger and bigger, and that's so that they can still provide decent power without losing it to all the emissions stuff. It's something that's happened in the car world a lot as well, isn't it? I mean, they put a turbo on it and suddenly they're making use of the exhaust gases which are coming out of the engine, so suddenly it's it's better. Yeah, well, I think you're not producing as much because you don't need the same displacement. Yeah, it's. I remember apparently Suzuki has a pattern floating around for a turbocharged bike as well. Um, it's something the Japanese manufacturers are definitely looking at. And Kawasaki's already got the supercharged bikes out in the wild, which turbo bike that doesn't use um, exhaust gases to um, give it more oomph so according to the story there is a, a patent floating around for the M- a turbocharged MT-07 can you imagine a turbocharged full power CP2 engine in a, a frame that's only what is it uh, 200 odd kgs I reckon it would ruin the sound of the bike <laughs> those CP2s sound really really good I reckon a turbo would absolutely make it sound awful <laughs> But imagine that. Uh, I notice you've been auspiciously quiet there, Ben. Have you got any thoughts, feelings, questions, concerns? Yeah. um, Have you ridden a turbo bike for starters? I have. I've ridden all of the um, mid-80s Japanese turbos. Um, And you're still alive. Yeah, they weren't particularly raucous. <laughs> do they have that kind of sa- the same as like a I, Matt and I are Subaru guys we've got turbo Subarus do they have that kind of same um, you feel the, the engine kick in and then you're waiting for that spool up of the turbo and then it kind of do they have that kind of feeling or no? Not quite as much because they run relatively small turbos so they get their, they spool up very quickly and they're providing boost quite early rather than some big turbo that's on a car that's got to spin up and then gives you a a wallop on those sort of older uh, Subarus. Um, like Matt says, I, I think they're definitely going to, it's definitely going to be happening again uh, because if you look at just about every diesel got a turbo on it, all these small capacity 1.2 litre petrol cars, most of them have got turbos on them now. Um, so they're a small capacity car, so they come under these emissions um, levels and yet they're, they're still making useful power. Um, in fact, I think some of them are like 800cc and they're putting out like 
the equivalent power of a 1.4. So I think we'll definitely see it on bikes. And as Matt says, we've got the uh, the, the two Kawasaki H2, the H2SX and the H2R um, R, uh, supercharged models, which are forced induction, but just using a belt to drive the uh, turbine effectively to uh, force the the induction i'm sure we will see more uh, I, I think it'll be it won't be in the performance versions kawasaki's always always been a very a high-end performance manufacturer they take great credence in um having a, a the most powerful bike or the fastest bike um, whereas i think some of the other manufacturers will use it on their smaller machines to give big bike performance but maybe get maybe they, hey maybe they're designing this purely to get under the uh, 600cc limit for huge um, rego costs in New Zealand. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a great thing? <laughs> that would get, that would get me on a bigger bike, that's for sure. Or a more yep. powerful bike. <laughs> now, because it was 580ccs with a turbo, then you'd have all the, the Kiwis on the Facebook pages going, it's not lambs approved! <laughs> <laughs> like that Z, uh, ZX25R. <laughs> hey, looking forward to seeing um, a CP2 engine with a turbo, that'd, that'd be great. Mate, how about a turbo CP2-powered T7? <laughs> no? Man, what is it with you guys and tumbleweeds tonight? Oh, seriously. <laughs> you can hear somebody in the back road coughing. <laughs> well, no, I had to think of it. And so, no, I was going through the mental thing. I've got this great memory of um, the power delivery of the T7 in the middle of nowhere in Australia. And I was thinking, hmm, add a turbo into the mix. And basically my mental process was me pirouetting down the road into a ditch um, when the turbo kicks in. Um, like, I'm well, sure... What would be... Uh Real interesting is uh, a couple of weeks ago when we had um, Boris uh, Mihailovic on the uh, podcast for our peak bike discussion. He rode a, um, a Yamaha Nikon, a turbo Yamaha Nikon that um, some crowd in Aussie built. And he said it was just fantastic. So it had that three cylinder motor, um, but with a turbo on it. Um, maybe we should get him on to have a chat about it at some point. Yeah. Is it the same crowd that did? Dave McKenna's stunt bike, he's got like an MT-09 with a turbo, doesn't he? That's the same engine, the CP3 engine with a turbo on it. Yeah, he wasn't allowed to bring that over because it's um, it just it just lays rubber on the ground wherever he goes. Um, and he, he, he said uh, that he can't he can't kind of hold himself back. Uh, and wherever we went for, with Dave McKenna at um, Shiny Side Up, we weren't actually allowed to leave the rubber on the ground because it was all, you know, public areas and car parks. So um, the first time he started drifting around the car park the the event manager came running across the pitch and was like no you can't do that maybe that's why they call it shiny side up and not rubber side down <laughs> hey guys uh good chat good chat last week we started a new game uh it's called motorbike or motor bull- bullshit <laughs> And last week, Matt, you absolutely creamed it. The idea is that we're given a, uh, a motorcycle um, model and we've got to work out whether it's an actual motorbike or it's motor bullshit. So there's the name. Uh, Matt, you, you said that you were going to come up with some this week and you were going to test me, but Ben's here as well. So shall we? Um, how do you want to run this? Do we want to buzz in when we know what it is or do you just want to ask one one each? Yeah, uh, I'll, how's about I do this? I'll go, I'll give you the, the bike name and you both tell me what you think and then Bullshit. Ben afterwards. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then I'll tell you. Oh, you've played this game before. You're too good for me. Um, so um, I didn't know Ben was going to be joining us today so 
um, I did go right, what well, I think is relatively easy, who knows. Um, but yeah, um, do you want to start off? I've got 10 bikes listed, not the eight or nine that you vaguely gave me last week. Okay, so it's out of 10. All right, so the first one, uh, XG750. Bullshit. Um, I think it's motorbike. Ben, you are correct. XG750 is the Harley Davidson Street 750 by another name. Oh, there you go. I did fire too early. I've got to wait till uh, Ben says what, it, what he thinks, and I've got to go with it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, CT110. Yeah, motorbike. Yeah. Motorbike. Real. Yep, yep, you're both right. Three, V750TT. V750TT. Mm, it's either very close to one. Nah, that's motor bullshit. No, I'm going to say bullshit as well. Uh, W800. Nah, not enough letters. Bullshit. I think it's a real bike. Number five, Pan Africa. Are you waiting for me, Ben? I am. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Pan-Africa Motor bullshit uh, Real uh, Sorry, bullshit Yeah, bullshit <laughs> uh, I gotta take your first answer No, no, no I was uh, <laughs> writing down my score <laughs> <laughs> Radio number 6 AN400 AN Yep Alpha November Yeah, November it works as well uh, Motorbike Motorbike Righto, uh, MP3. MP3, that's that's a motorbike, isn't it? No, it's technically not even a f- bike, is it? It's a sound file, isn't it, or a video file? Well, come on, guys, is it bike or bullshit? Come on. I think it's real. Yeah, it's it's. I'm pretty sure it's that three-wheeled thing that everyone's like, that's not a bike. C90 Boss. C90 Boss. Ooh. Motor bullshit. Well, the C90's a thing. Whether it's a, a boss, I don't know. Uh, I'm just going to say true because Ray said shit. ZG1200 Super Deluxe. It sounds like something I'd order from BK. <laughs> it's, 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 uh, I'm going to go motorbike. I'm going to go bullshit. And the last one, XL. CR1000. XLCR1000. Yeah. Motor bullshit. Uh, motor real. Motorbike. Or motor bull- bullshit. Radio, tallying up the results. All right, well, we have a perfect score and a. <laughs> yes, we got a perfect score! <laughs> and a 5 out of 10. Well done, uh, Surprised. I'm surprised I got five just quietly. <laughs> so, um, can you tell us what we got? So, um, well, XG750 is a bike. It's a Harley Davidson Street 750. CT110, of course, that is a true bike. That is a Honda. Uh, V750TT, that was motor bullshit. Uh, W800, uh, Kawasaki W800. Pan Africa. Veggie's favorite bike. He wants to make it an adventure bike out of one. I've had a look at the new cafe one, and, um, which um, on the Kawasaki website, and I quite dig the look of them with the bevel drive for the cams and everything. Mm. Um, moving on, Pan-Africa, that was, of course, bullshit. Um, AN400 is otherwise known as the Suzuki Bergman. Yeah. Uh, MP3, 
is the Piaggio MP3, which we tested last year. Yes, Jeray, you <laughs> did get that one correct. C90, it was uh, a, yeah, it is a bike. It's uh, a real scooter's a bike. So C90 Boss is Suzuki Boulevard BOSS Boss. Uh, it is true. ZG1200 Super Deluxe, I made that up. And the XLCR1000 is a Harley Davidson. I knew it was a Harley. It's got too many weird letters at the start to be anything else but a Harley. <laughs> and that's where you caught me out because I got no experience with the Harleys and the cruises whatsoever. Exactly. <laughs> Although I was pretty sure that they wouldn't do a Pan America if there was already a Pan Africa. Because <laughs> then you're just lining up for a Pan Asia and, you know, a Pan Europe. There was a Pan European. Yes. That's where <laughs> I got the idea from, actually. I was like, oh, I could add that in. And then I was like, actually, no, I want to have a different, uh, have a good spread of real and fake bikes. So, yes, yeah, so that's uh, that wraps up uh, motorbike or motor bullshit for this week. Well, I think I'm going to, uh, I'm going to retire uh, with my title <laughs> at 100%. <laughs> or I think we need to make it harder to try and trip you up. Then again, you do have probably t- over twice the experience with motorcycles uh, Ray and I collectively have. <laughs> well, if um, I can only go downhill, Ray can get better. I can only get worse. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, don't like, I, I don't like those odds. And that about wraps up our episode this week. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much uh, to you guys for joining us. Go on kiwirider.co.nz. is a website where you can uh, you can see the latest magazine. We've got a new magazine coming out this week. Ben, can you give us any insights as to what we can expect in that fantastic publication? Yeah, but sadly, it's not this week. It's next week. Oh, is it next week? Yeah. But all good. Um, we're, we're in the middle of working on it at the moment. To me, the, the big exciting thing is we've got Suzuki's new 1050 V-Strom, um, which Jock has been riding. Jeff, our photographer, has been riding, and he's a 10 or 15-year owner of a um, one of the old... He's got an original DL yeah. him, I think, isn't he it? He does, it's... yeah. The, the one with the... Uh, Pipes on the pipes under the uh, up under the seat. So we've got a second opinion from him on what he thinks of the new bike as well, which is uh, super interesting. I'm looking forward to seeing that because when I first saw photos of the new V-Strom 1050 XT, I really liked it. And since it's sort of been out in the wild, I've seen a few more photos from a few different angles and I'm kind of starting to really appreciate the old bike's shape, um, which I don't know if that's blasphemy or not. But When you say the old one, you mean the last model? The, the previous generation, yeah. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I definitely think the new 1050 um, looks-wise is an improvement over the old one. Personally, um, I... I, I so the, the 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 last one, the six fifty, uh, that was the main thing that stopped me like buying one. But if they do the looks from the ten fifty on the six fifty, then that's definitely a contender for me. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, that's the six fifty is a great uh, bike, and hey, I mean if, if the if the thousand's gone up to a ten fifty, is the six fifty gonna go up in capacity? I know it would take it out of lambs, but is it even in lambs anyway? Uh, yeah, you can. Mm. Well, you can get a Lambs version of it, but you'd have to you'd have to do like. Well, you'd be able to have t- best of both worlds if they wanted to bore it out like they have the thousand to a seven hundred or something. Yeah, because they've still got the six fifty motor. Well, that's that's what I was going to say. That's 
that's an interesting thing. Would you bore out a 650 and make it a 700? Or, and then, then you've got, suddenly you've got that bike in the same boat as the CP2 with the MPT-07 uh, being lambs and, and full output. Um, we are Suzuki with the uh, SV series 650, the SV650, it's not bored, it's the same, but you can get it in lambs and not lambs. It's just restricted down yeah. for the lambs version. I'm, Did that make any sense? Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the 650 because that motor has been around, the, the, the basic block and everything else has been around for a lot Since of years. 1998. Is it 98, is it? Yeah. Uh, came out with the 1000 uh, and then the, I think it was a year or so later, the 650 came out. But the architecture is the same between the two of them, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Um, so, so the, in fact, didn't the SV650 come out before that? Is that was that the earliest one? No, the, the TL1000 came out first and then the SV came out afterwards. In 98? Yeah, something like that. As far as I'm aware, anyway, you were actually oh. there in, in motorcycling at the time. Um, well, that um, that motor, as you say, has been around a long time, and I'm wondering whether they're going to be getting ready to. Well, they must have plans for how it moves on from there and that particular engine to get, to help it get through more and more of these ever stringent uh, Euro rules. So, yeah, uh, 99 um, SV650. Um, it may have been some parts of the world, 98, um, as you say. Seriously. So that one that we rode all those years ago and that uh, that one of Rodney's that I rode covered in Givy stuff is essentially the same bike as it was in 99, maybe with some more electronic. Oh, they've changed the frame uh, of the SV Oh, sorry, is the Twice. engine, the engine you're saying? Yeah, the, the engine's effectively the same, but the bikes have evolved around the engine. And the engine yeah. has had a few things done internally, like uh, Nickersil linings yeah, I mean, and stuff like that. It, it's been developed. I mean, it's not the exact same motor by any means, but um, it's the architecture and most of it is very similar. So will we get a bigger one? Um, will we get um, a, an all-new all new motor at some point? I mean... They'll have to change it at some point. Uh, one more thing before we go. Bad joke. No, no, I'll do it. Um, so, a priest, a rabbit, and a minister walk into a bar. The bartenders ask the rabbit, what'll you have? The rabbit says, I don't know. I'm only here because of autocorrect. A priest, a, a rabbit, rabbit, and, and a, a minister. minister. Uh, but I do like the photo that we've got uh, in the show notes uh, of the bunny with a pint. No, oh. I think he's got a, I think he's got a very hoppy pint by the looks of it. <laughs> Yeah, it's very, very bubbly. <laughs> That's your dad joke. Two for one. That, uh, that was initially sent in by our friend uh, Rodney O'Connor from um, Europe uh, Euro wholesale, uh, Eurobike Wholesale. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because he, uh, after the episode where we had Rodney and Boris join us, uh, he wasn't too impressed with my dad joke. <laughs> was he not? I thought it was a gold one. <laughs> uh, if you've got any dad jokes you want to chuck through to us, make sure you email us, podcast at kiwirider.co.nz. Uh, connect with us on Facebook and hit that follow button there as well and we're on Instagram uh, search out Kiwi Rider hey thank you very much team make sure you do check out those websites if you like this podcast or even if you didn't give us some feedback hit that like button that subscribe button and share this podcast with a riding buddy of yours I've been Ray I've been Matt and I'm still Ben <laughs> get the rubber side down throttle on and we'll catch you in seven days time 